Hello everyone and welcome back to the Mouth of the Time podcast brought to you by the Shields Gazette. I'm Dominic Skir, joined as ever by Miles Starforth and Joe Buck to discuss everything surrounding Newcastle United at the moment. It's obviously been a few weeks since Newcastle's last game and the onset of return to competitive action until December 21st when they play Bournemouth in the Carabao Cup. But there's still plenty to talk about. The club have five players out at the World Cup in Qatar at the moment, plus a couple more who may be of interest to Eddie Howe's side. Uh, we've also had a FA Cup a third round draw to talk about, plus the upcoming trip to Saudi Arabia as well next month. So, without further ado, Miles, how how are you doing, and um, how are you finding the World Cup so far? What what you've seen of it, anyway? Good, thanks. Uh, from what what I've seen of it, I haven't seen too many games. I think I missed a trick by not booking a bit more time off. Um, join join the World Cup. Um, it's been entertaining, certainly on the field. Obviously, we could spend a whole other podcast talking about the off-the-field stuff, but certainly on the field, uh, from what I've seen, um, it's been entertaining. Importantly, England, England are through. Um, everyone's come through on, unscathed. Uh, I think we're all rooting for uh, Bruno with Brazil as well. Um, they're through. Um, so, no, it's um, so far so good. Yeah, and Joe, without you getting your Premier League fix, have, have, have you been enjoying um, watching the football in Qatar? Obviously, when you haven't been working very hard, of course. Yeah, unlike Miles, I managed to uh, did book some time off. So I've pretty much caught every single game, I think, bar the ones yesterday. But I've really enjoyed it. I'll, I'm not a massive England fan, but I, I love the World Cup. And it's weird with Newcastle doing so well. I just can't get enough football at the minute. I think we're all the same. We all just want football and... I think we all want Newcastle return, but the World Cup is filled enough of a gap for me. Um, but yeah, it's been really good and it's exciting to see some Newcastle players representing their countries because that doesn't normally happen, especially with England. So it's got to have a little bit of Newcastle interest in the World Cup. Yeah, it's 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 a strange feeling. You're watching the England game last night. You're seeing Callum Wilson come on, Kieran Trippier come on. And that there's been a disconnection with Newcastle and the England squad for so long. It's 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 nice that we've got that back and got that, that connection uh, back. Yeah, I, I remember back in McLaren's time going to see England and Michael Owen and Alan Smith were up front during the, when they were playing for Newcastle. Then after that, we had very little representation. There was Andy Cowell, of course, you know, um, before his move. But um, to have three three England internationals at a World Club is quite quite something, given given where this club's been for the past uh, 14, 15 years. Yeah, and um, Joe, we've seen... Kieran Trippier, um, Callum Wilson, Bruno, um, even Goran Kual, um, Fabian Shea and Nick Pope haven't gone on the pitch um, so far. But out of the players you've seen, you've said you've seen most games. Um, who do you think's having the best World Cup so far out of those Newcastle players? I think I think Wilson, to be honest. I think Trippier, obviously, he's played more and he had it. But for me, he wasn't very good against America. I don't know why. He just seemed a bit off it. I think yeah. the whole team were, to be fair, but Trippier seemed off it. Um, but I think Wilson's looked very bright the sort of half an hour each game he's, he's played. Obviously, he got that assist for Grealish and he played very well yesterday. So I think certainly Wilson's impressed. Um, I am very surprised that Cher hasn't got a game. I've watched Switzerland. I, I don't know. For me, he's one, he's one of the most informed defenders in the Premier League. And I can't believe that Switzerland aren't playing him. So that has shocked me because I'm surprised none of us have seen any of him. But... Yeah, but uh, for me, Wilson's definitely definitely stepped up to that level, and you can tell that if Kane does get injured or if they need a goal, that Wilson is a very good deputy and a very good you know option for Southgate to put on. Yeah, and Miles, like Joe mentioned, 
only Kieran Trippier has started games at this World Cup so far as a Newcastle player. Is that necessarily a, a bad thing for Newcastle, given the re- such a quick return to uh, competitive action after the tournament? Miles, you're muted. <laughs> I'm seeing out of practice. Certainly not from the not from the club's point of view. Um, mm. Though Eddie Howe spoke, you know, kind of at length before before the tournament about how uh, you know how we wanted them to get all, all to go as far as they could. Um, we're all as pleased as we are to see them there. The, the flip side is we, we we can all wince if they they uh, go into a tackle and, and come off the worst. But uh, no, it, it's it's going to be a challenge for for whether how however they much they play to kind of assimilate these players back and, and, and quickly in time for the games, quite a demanding run of games in the new year. But uh, no, certainly not a bad bad thing for, for in, in some respects. Uh, good to see Trippier start in those games. Um, I thought he was very good in the first game. Uh, and Wilson, as, as Joe said, he, he's looked terrific. And you think, you think back to a couple of months ago, probably deep down, probably... We all doubted whether he'd actually make this make this this tournament. Um, it'd been more than three years since he'd uh, played for his country, uh, just back from an injury, and and here we are. He's looking in great great shape, making an influence, you know, having an influence in games, making an impact off the bench. Uh, you kind of wondered if it was an opportunity for him to start against um, in that final game against Wales, uh, but uh, so be it. Onto the onto the uh, onto the next round. Yeah, and Joe, we've seen a different side to Callum Wilson for Newcastle and, and also for England at the World Cup where he's a bit more of a creative influence. Like He's not that poacher fox in the box that he, he sort of gets labelled with. He's, he's linking play up really well, as we've seen in the, the two games for England so far. Yeah, he's, he's done really well. I think he's doing everything. There was one, I think, with uh, the Jack Grealish goal, especially in the first one. I was shocked that he passed that. I don't know about you guys, but the Wilson I know probably would have had a shot then. But, uh, you know, fair play to him. He's probably he's doing exactly what Manjo wants to do, and it, it is great to see. And he's clearly England's number two striker behind Harry Kane. Because yeah, he's, think- he's, he's not the not the kind of focal point that we're used to necessarily, but he's he's playing a different role, which shows the kind of the intelligence of him, that you know, an, another side to his game. As I said, he's, he's linking up and um, a real asset to this squad. Yeah, and I think that goal he assisted for Jacob Murphy against Brentford was maybe in the back of his mind when he when he burst through um, against Iran in the opening game. But uh, Joe, as you say, been watching a bit of the World Cup. Has there been any players who are of interest to Newcastle who who's maybe maybe stood out to you, or players who may not be of interest to Newcastle, but you're liking the look of and would like to see the club potentially look at in January? Yeah, I've took an interest in, obviously, there's been links with Trossard um, recently. So he's only played a couple. I think it's weird the way Belgium, he looks the bright spot when he comes on because I think he's probably that couple of years younger than some of their, their other players. Um, so he looks he looks decent. But to be fair, the whole the whole of Brazil, obviously, I watch Brazil quite intensely. Obviously, we want Bruno to do well. But I just think watching, watching Brazil, I don't know how Bruno doesn't get into the team ahead of Paqueta. I was really looking forward to seeing Paqueta because I thought, Obviously, Newcastle were never really interested in him in the summer, but it was always interesting to see whether what he would bring. And he's he's slightly disappointed for me. Um, I thought I could have been in his World Cup, but to be honest, I think it's it's been a great World Cup. I think obviously for me, the star has been Mbappe. Um, don't want to see which you know cheeky bid. Don't want that to be on the headlines of uh, <laughs> yeah him or um or to be fair, Jude Bellingham as well. He's been really good and someone that 
if there is Champions League football, maybe he could be the marquee player. But but yeah, so then them three are definitely the uh, the main ones I've been watching out for. Yeah, lovely. Don't tempt me with headline ideas like that, Joe. Um, but yeah, um, in terms of the World Cup itself, no Newcastle players ever lifted a World Cup trophy while playing for the club. I'll put this question to both of you. Could that change this year? I'm, I'm certainly not going not gonna to attempt fate. And it's not something I'd really... I guess you'd ever think think about would would you up to now? Um, it seems kind of um, almost fantastical, really, the idea of a Newcastle United player lifting uh, the World Cup. But we get sent um, the latest bookies odds for the for the cup on a, a regular basis, don't we? And I haven't opened the last uh, couple of emails, so I haven't seen the latest odds. But Brazil and England will be right up there with the favourites for the competition. Um, so there's your answer. Yeah, Brazil are winning the lot for me. I've said that before the tournament, I think that now. I think France have done all right, and I think Spain have done all right, but Brazil just look so much better than everyone else. Yeah, would be nice if uh, Bruno's coming back with a with a World Cup um, medal in hand to add to his Olympic medal as well he got with Brazil. But obviously our preference would be uh, the three uh, Newcastle players who play for England coming back um, with the World Cup. But we'll see see how things unfold. As you say, you so many twists and turns yet to come. And uh, we're just wrapping up the group stages now. So we'll move on, focus on Newcastle United. That's what we're here to talk about. Uh, this week, FA Cup third round draw, Sheffield Wednesday away, uh, January 7th or the weekend of, depending on TV um, scheduling. Uh, Miles, do you think that's a good draw for Newcastle? I think it is. It's it's not. Uh, you want a home draw, but uh, a league, a league two club, league sorry, league one club, um, way a bit a, a very big league one club. Um, you'd certainly take that. Um, this competition, you, Eddie Howe spoke a lot about his first year at the club um, ahead of that anniversary earlier this month, and uh, he really pointed to that Cambridge game last year where they lost as a as one of the low points or the low. Um, that may have been a blessing in disguise in the way things turned out is if you look at the, the kind of form after that defeat and probably the last thing the club wanted was a congested fixture fixture list um, but put that to one side and uh, this this season the Cups um, they've got a real opportunity to, to attack them really got this congested fixture calendar that you know that established top six they've got European games to 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 squeeze in as well. You know, I think we all sense an opportunity in, in one or both cup competitions in this case of whether they can take it. Um, yeah, and, and, and you'd certainly take that draw. Yeah, and Joe, the previous trip to Sheffield Wednesday in the Championship, not exactly a, a happy occasion, but um, going to Hillsborough, big League One club, as Miles says, a winnable game in the FA Cup. It, it's set up for quite a good game and a good away day for the Newcastle fans. Absolutely. I think that was the thing that crossed my mind, the fact that the fans are going to have a great, you know, a great away day. That one, the probably a big allocation, probably about five thousand, something like that. Um, it's not far, and we've seen that in the cups. Eddie Howe is, you know, he will play a strong team or as strong as as strong as he can. Um, I think we were watching. It. I think we all thought it might be a potential of the Sunderland game every time mm. teams kept coming out the hat. Sunderland was still there, but yeah, as Miles said, it's it's certainly a winnable game. Um, one that they'll, they'll take seriously and gives them a great opportunity to get into the fourth round, which hasn't happened all that often in the last ten or so years. 
It's a, I'll yeah. tell you what, it happens every every year or two, that doesn't it? They get down to the last handful of teams, and there's there's Newcastle and Sunderland left left in left in the hat, and you can the heart starts going, and I think, oh, is it is it going to be this year? Do you think one day it's going to happen? But uh, obviously, certainly not this well, not this round. Yeah, and um, another cup draw. Obviously, Bournemouth in the Carabao Cup. Uh, Newcastle's return to competitive action um, mid December the twenty first. It's a big game, last 16 game, Eddie Howe against his former side. Um, and with some big teams drawn against each other elsewhere in, in the last 16, it's a, like you say, Miles, it's a really big opportunity for Newcastle if they do get through to actually go all the way or at least uh, to the very latter stages of the competition. Yeah, and and it's almost if the game comes at a good time as well, it, you know, giving them that, that competitive game before the Premier League starts, it, it, you know, it's... A, it's a it's a home draw. You you take that, and B, that having that fixture there. You know, we normally talk about these kind of games as as being awkward for managers having to kind of squeeze them between Premier League games, juggle their squads. But the, they'll have a group of players who really need this game after a couple of those couple of friendlies, and and yeah, it, it does look to be an opportunity. Um, again, not 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 an easy game by any stretch, but you know, a winnable game. Yeah, and Joe, another sellout as well. Going to be a great occasion, especially Newcastle fans, with being well over a month since since the last time um, they would have seen the team in action and competitively. Anyway, yeah, it's always a, it's always a good atmosphere and under the lights midweek, especially for you know four days for Christmas, as you said, over over a month since they've they've played. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a great game and certainly a winnable one and one that. If they do win, you know, there's every chance they'll go into that draw for the next round. Well, they will go in either first, the highest ranked team or the second highest ranked team, which is incredible to think really and the real good opportunity to, you know, get themselves into quarterfinals, semifinals. And the way the Carabao Cup is for me, the two leg semifinals, I think suits Newcastle the best. I think on one given day, Newcastle could have a bad game, but I think over two legs, they're going to be a match for any team in the country, really. So I think it's certainly somewhere I don't want to get ahead of myself because Bournemouth, there's not going to be an easy easy game but it's certainly something that they should be targeting and aiming to win and then who knows what happens when you get in the quarterfinals anything can happen yeah and like miles said before about the world cup odds i think they've seen the the league cup odds and newcastle are right up there with the favorites which is is bizarre to even think about but I think on, we're all still marriage. getting, yeah we're all still getting yeah. our, our heads heads around the turnaround <laughs> over the past 12 months we're just not used to this at all um but uh, long, long may it continue yeah, it's hard to argue. I mean, they're the third best team in the country on, on merit right now. So if they're still in the cup, Arsenal aren't in, Man City are in. So by definition, second favourite. So yeah, um, hopefully Newcastle can can kick on. Um, obviously, the, the match comes just days after the World Cup final or a potential third place playoff as well. So if any Newcastle player were to reach that, um, Miles, it's likely or almost certain they're, they're going to miss that game and have you heard anything? Do you know whether that could potentially knock on into the Leicester game as well? Um, not really. I, I think I think Hal will certainly be cautious with those players coming back, and 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 he'll take time to ex- uh, kind of assess their conditioning. You could have those three England players coming back, and 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 one of them has played you know far more minutes than, than the other two, or two two have more than the, more than Nick Pope, and maybe maybe might not get a minutes. They're all going to be at different kind of levels of conditioning. Um, and uh, I, th- I think how will look at it, look at it, his squad, and he, and he, he'll feel he can he can have, can win that game without you know without starting 
um, a Kieran Trippier or a Callum Wilson if it, if, that, if it comes to that. So, um, but uh, I, th- I think you'd be certainly be cautious with a view of those that run of games um, after Christmas because things really do start getting busy. Yeah, and Jose, like you, you've predicted, say Bruno wins the World Cup, and then he becomes a doubt for that Leicester game almost. Um, or would you want to see him start regardless, even if he says plays the World Cup final, has an absolute absolute storm out of a game? I'd give him weeks off me if he won the World Cup, I think. To be fair, Newcastle, they've shown that they can adapt without Bruno in the team. They did that, obviously, at the beginning of this year. Um, and they've shown they can adapt without anyone in the team, really. You know, they've managed to win all these games without probably having their best eleven on the pitch at any given time. So I'm confident that whoever... I mean, think about it, they're going to have... There's going to be five or six midfielders there who have had, what, the best part of a month just working with Eddie Howe and his team. So mm. for me, that's, that's perfect for me. I think that... As long as Eddie Howe's got the trust of anyone he puts in, and he clearly does, I would give any of the World Cup lads enough time off that they need to make sure they're, they're back and ready to go for what will be, was it 20 games sort of after that till the end of the season? Because I think that's that's going to be the, the crucial time. So, yeah, give them give them all the time off they need. Yeah, and next week, Newcastle will be back in action, friendly action. They're travelling to Saudi Arabia. They'll play Al-Halal, the Saudi Pro League champions, on December 8th. Um Miles, the last trip to Saudi Arabia was successful. What what are you hoping Newcastle will get out of this one? I guess I guess more of the same in terms of team building, conditioning, um, and they're getting a game out there as well. Um, and of course, the off the pitch, they'll be building more bridges with the with, with the kind of new ownership over there. Um, but because uh, Al gave his players a couple of weeks off, although he was not away at the World Cup, two weeks so. It, they're, they're starting work this this week ahead of that game, um, this mini pre-season we've heard Howe and Dan Ash- Ashworth talk about. So it's going to be a tough couple of weeks in terms of the the, the training they're doing uh, after that little break. Um, so you just hope they're going to come come back in, in, in decent shape, really ready for that final um, final friendly, the Rio Vallecano game. Um, it's a, it's a challenge for all coach all, all you know all coaches managers. Um, really, we've never had this kind of mid-season break. Uh, just to see how they how they manage the loads, how they manage this kind of return to turn to play after this this short break. Yeah, and Joe, people sometimes read a lot into friendly games or more than they should. Um, friendly games when it comes mid-season and Newcastle are in such good form. Um, what would you like to see Newcastle get out of these two friendly games, and and can we um, judge them too much? If you know what I mean. I don't think you can judge them. I think for me, you just want players to get minutes in their legs. You know, you just want as many players to play as much as possible. I think that's that's the only way that they're going to be prepared for the Bournemouth and the the Leicester games. I think the biggest thing will be this the training camps, like the whole week, however long they're out there. I think that'll be we saw, as Miles said in January, how much that benefited the team and the whole squad. I think that they'll obviously try and replicate that this time round. Um, so I just think the whole week in in Saudi Arabia will be will be the benefit of them. And I think the games will just be to get minutes under the belt. I don't think results results matter too much. As long as people get 90 minutes, 45 minutes under the belt, I think they'll be fine. Miles, um, Alexander Isak's obviously been out injured for a while. Would you expect him to travel with the squad to Saudi Arabia and potentially potentially future? I've not, I've not had an update on that in the past couple of weeks, but uh, certainly before then, the idea was to, to take, him, take him away um, and be there or thereabouts in terms of uh, playing in those two friendlies, so um, I think it'd be an interesting indication, uh, you know, 
we should get some indication next week of what stage is if he's progressed as expected that um you know two or three weeks ago Eddie Howe talked about a scan and it was it was positive news the injury was healing as they were hoping and he, he, of course he'd had previous setbacks so uh we'll, we'll, we'll have a better idea next week in terms of his his progression but uh, you certainly you should be knocking on the door in, in terms of playing playing in one or both of those games yeah and the saudi arabia trip obviously newcastle have formed a partnership with saudi who are the the flag um carrier airline for saudi arabia and um, they'll be flying the the team over and it's it's a big commercial partnership uh, the club have established there and it miles it, it won't be the last one it's not the first one it, it won't be the last one particularly with newcastle looking for a shirt sponsor for next season yeah i i think we saw the kind of pictures of the pictures that saudi were doing around you know town a few weeks ago um they were going around on social media and and, and that certainly got people talking um i think this i think in the scheme of things the saudi partnership for this certainly for this tournament it, it, it is not the biggest partnership hmm. it's one of the smaller deals they've done up to now um but it hints at kind of the kind of partnerships and, uh, and commercial opportunities they're going to have through their their new, new ownership Will will Saudi be a shirt, front of shirt sponsor? I, I'm, I'm not so sure they will be, um, and I'm not even so sure it will be a, necessarily a Saudi um, company on the front of the shirts, which is the assumption. We know, of course, uh, they've they've negotiated negotiated an end to the Fun ATA deal, and we will have a new front of shirt sponsor for next season. But like I say, I'm, I'm not so sure it will necessarily be a Saudi name. But I think what, whatever. Whatever name it is, it's going to be a big, a big deal in, in terms of the numbers compared to what we've seen up to now. Yeah, and Joe, like Miles has said, the, the progress over the past 12 months on the pitch has been telling, but off the pitch, from that commercial point of view, I mean, you're looking at the noon sleeve sponsor is more lucrative for Newcastle than the Fun 88 sponsor in terms of a, a, a yearly sort of fee. So that progress is, has been staggering as well. Absolutely, it's as you say, the on-field stuff's been amazing and the off-field stuff, I think it's funny because it has been great. It's probably just dragging Newcastle into the 21st century where they should be alongside other clubs, really. But yeah, it's great to see. And even little things, like even like the women's game the other day on Sunday having 28,000, everything about the club at the minute is heading in the right direction. And it's fantastic to see and you know, long may that continue. Yep, long may it continue. And we'll have... Any updates on that, including updates on Newcastle's upcoming trip to Saudi Arabia, all the commercial um, side of things, um, stuff like that, interviews with Eddie Howe and the players over on the Shields Gazette website. Uh, you can also subscribe to the Shields Gazette for unlimited ad light access to all of our Newcastle United coverage. Just head over to shieldsgazette.com forward slash subscriptions for more information on that. But for now, Miles, Joe, thanks for joining me as ever on the Mouth of the Time podcast. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers.